Hey, you guys! Welcome to another episode of the Football Goonies Podcast. Eight Mega Slam Edition. Woo! I'm your host, Jason Seplick. As always, you can find me on Twitter at the FF Goonie, and it has been far too long, fans. Sorry about the delay, but you know how life gets, having the baby coming, everything just getting crazy around the house, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, what's going to happen is today on the show, we are going to cover the rookie draft of AIDS. Now, when I speak about that, I'm talking about us drafting rookie players in the AIDS Dynasty League, not drafting AIDS, so... Anyways, we're going to have a great show today. We're going to do it a little bit of like a live reactionary format. I haven't prepped on it as far as uh, making notes and doing this and that. I kind of wanted to get a uh, gut visceral reaction based on teams and how you did. And uh, my overall, you know, just terrible opinion of you people. So with that, let's get into the show. Little hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. So to uh, lay the groundwork for anyone listening that was not part of the draft or who just didn't know, we ended up setting it since it was a rookie draft based off of a veterans draft, uh, unbeknownst to me, even though apparently I did have a conversation about it, and it was basically an entire thing of my Alzheimer's or dementia kicking in a little early, but uh, we had a snake rookie draft, which is a little more uncommon. It'll be the one and only time we do a snake rookie draft in this league, and uh, the results were uh, quite impressive. So with that, let's get to round one. So the first pick of the rookie draft went to Toby Flenderson, spelled J-E-R-E-M-Y. Jeremy. That's weird. Anyways, no shock, Jeremy went with Kyler Murray. Um, This was double true that he wasn't even going to trade out of the position because after taking Deshaun Watson early on, he ended up with uh, Phillip Rivers as the only other viable quarterback in his team, and he had a little panic mode. So rather than trading out of Kyler Murray, he went with him. No surprise there. That was kind of par for the course for the first couple of picks. Uh, the second one, second pick went to uh, Mr. TJ. I'm not going to even try to remember to distinguish between the uh, the, the Twat brothers, but uh, TJ Blowat. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, went ahead and took Dwayne Haskins. No surprise there. The only two, uh, one, two expected punches. He uh, was adding Haskins to the combo of Cam Newton and Josh 
Rosen. Uh, both these picks were real good, fit the team, so they kind of needed to do it. Uh, personally, if I was Jeremy, I would have tried to trade a for a haul and uh, gotten out of that pick. Because between Deshaun Watson and Phillip Rivers, I really don't feel like, since it's a super flex, that you have to have a third quarterback. And I would have rather taken a less dodgy shot on a QB maybe next year or something and gotten a little more draft capital for it. Uh, followed that up with uh, Groovy Drew taking Dan Yell Jones. Uh, I don't know if anyone's watched any highlights so far, but uh, the only two that have come out so far are him overthrowing a flat route by about, I don't know, say eight yards. And then uh, apparently there was a little blurb that came out today that he threw a dime 50 yards down the field to smash Jackson. Which uh, begged the question what the hell Paul Perkins was doing 50 yards down the field. But they're saying he's got a good long arm. Uh, he was definitely a QB that kind of suffered with his college team. And there's a lot of potential there. But at the same time, he doesn't have great measurables. Although he is quite the athlete. And uh, that might just fit into, um, into uh, the Giants' new uh, spread West Coast offense. So open things up. I don't hate the pick. Uh, he got kind of stuck in there as well, having Andrew Luck, and uh, I believe he traded for Drew Brees. Because um, I don't remember him having Drew Brees at the end of this draft. I think Andrew Luck was his only QB when he made this pick. Having known he was going to draft uh, Drew Brees, I probably wouldn't have gone that route and maybe try to find someone else that would pay for the last QB worth taking in the first round questionably. But like the Giants, he took, he bit too early on Daniel Jones. Uh, follow that up by yours truly, the FF Goonie, the nature boy himself. Woo! Taking Josh Jacobs, the clear pick. Now, um, you all know my, my big feeling on receivers in this league and... There was a deep consideration to Nikhil Harry, but honestly, what I was trying to do was try to get someone to bite on Nikhil Harry. There's still too many question marks on him developing for me um, while Brady's still there, and I really needed a running back, having only basically taken uh, one true starter in on Johnson, uh, having to wait for like Kareem Hunt and... Uh, not knowing the Balazs, Yeldon, Jackson, like all these guys. So it was a pretty easy pick to take Josh Jacobs. Of course, that was what was going to happen. Next up went to uh, Nikhil Harry. Now, that was originally the clay. I'm not quite sure who has his team now. I forget. I believe it's... Um, uh, Sean, because... Um, he basically just gutted the crap out of what Clay's team did during the uh, during the draft, uh, not realizing the importance of wide receiver like the rest of you. And he ended up uh, taking the kill Harry. So that's uh, that was Clay's move. The big surprise was Miles Sanders going at the 106. Now I actually really did like this pick. Um, I'm a big fan of Miles Sanders. I'm not as huge a fan as uh, David Mopportunity uh, Montgomery, 
but um, there is going to be a little bit of a learning curve. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to develop just because Frank, uh, not Frank, uh, Doug Peterson's going to kind of prescribe to that continued uh, like RBBC uh, opportunity or philosophy until basically Sanders forces him not to. So in the immediate future, it's not the right pick if you needed the production now, but overall I think Miles Sanders is a better running back than the next pick at 1-7 Freezy Pop took in David Montgomery. Uh, now Montgomery has the great, great opportunity here playing for the Nagy Chicago Bears as long as Trubisky doesn't suck. And, um, I mean, honestly, it's going to be volume, volume, volume. It's just going to be a question of how much passing down works he gets with the fact that they have Tariq Cohen still. Uh, they have players like Taylor Gabriel. Uh, it's just one of those ones where how much passing work he'll get will dictate how positive of a player he is uh, for the, the foreseeable, uh, for the upcoming season. Uh, the big shock was the next pick in the draft. Uh, the other twat brother, TB, or T. Blot, it's either Thomas or Tim, I don't know who. But basically, he took Paris Campbell as the first receiver off the board. Now, uh, I'm a huge Debo Samuel uh, truther as the number one receiver after uh, Nikhil Harry. But, sorry, second receiver off the board after Nikhil Harry. Um, but Paris Campbell, man, uh, I'm not going to knock it. I mean, he's playing for Frank Wright and the Indianapolis Colts. He is now, for all intents and purpose, the heir apparent to T.Y. Hilton getting slung the rock from Andrew Luck. I mean, it's a great opportunity. It's just a little bit of a risk because we haven't really seen him do anything past the like five-yard line up until this point. So that's a little bit of a, uh, a little risk-taking pick, but I don't hate it. And the fact that it's, uh, it's lining up with a somewhat lackluster, uh, or not lackluster, I should say, but uh, you're definitely going to lose a little bit with uh, when uh, Julian Edelman retires in a couple of years. There's still the question marks on Robbie Anderson and Kenny Galladay on the team. Uh, so it was just one of those ones I probably would have looked for a little more stability at the receiver rather than the question mark with my first pick. But hey, I ain't going to knock you on it. It wasn't a horrible pick. Uh a, a real surprise, I didn't think he would go this early, but I'm actually really impressed that he did. One of the best players in the draft, old Dougie, took uh, with a 1.9 pick TJ Hawkinson. Man, that was a beautiful pick. Now, uh, them wanting to be a little more run heavy and the running back uh, proficiency of Carrion Johnson, as long as he's healthy. Uh, will kind of eat into TJ's first-year production, but unlike other tight ends, I feel like he is going to be productive by year two. And he's not going to have a horrible year this year. It's just not going to be what you quite want. Um, the The pick was fantastic and fine. I mean, sitting on the older tight ends of uh, Reed, the question mark of Ebron, even though he was good last year, uh, it, was, it was a fantastic pick. You needed the help at tight end, and he is a quality, 
quality player. So uh, then we move over to the the next pick at 110 by Justin. And oh, it is DK Metcalf. Wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. He chose poorly. Apparently, Justin did not get the memo. Uh, There was a ton of obvious uh, draft hype for DK Metcalf because he can run really well in a straight line, especially for such a big dude. But that did not entice the entire NFL into picking him until, I believe, round, what, three or four? But uh, don't tell that to Justin. He took him uh, with the the 10th pick of the first round, which is just crazy. Uh, I mean, there is a possibility this could work out, but I just I don't see it. I think he's going to go the way of Dorrell Green Beckham, basically, uh, maybe with less off-field issues and more injury. I don't know. Anyways, moving on, we get to G at the 111 taking AJ Brown. Now, AJ Brown was a fantastic pre-draft prospect, and then he was drafted by the Tennessee Titans, and he became a not so fantastic pre-draft prospect. Um, at this point, I had alluded to before, man, I really like Debo Samuel. There's a lot of guys I'd probably take. Eh, I mean, I don't know if I'd say a lot of guys, but at least two or three guys I'd take over A.J. Brown. But I'm not going to knock you. Mariota and Tannehill cannot be there forever, and maybe he'll get a competent quarterback and a heavier passing offense to maybe realize his potential. But as of right now, he definitely took a dinger, and I don't think he was quite worth the 111. Uh, someone that was worth the... 111 was eh, uh, Debo Samuel actually went the following round. So let's actually get to Axel's first pick, taking his guy that he was so mad I stole from him in the like end of the second or third round in our other dynasty league, where he probably should have just taken him earlier when he wanted him. But uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside. Now, man, this guy sounds like a 90s video game uh, developer or console. But gosh, is he good. He's already turning heads in camp. Uh, we'll see once the pads go on. It's going to be a little bit of a, uh, a time to develop because basically he's going to play the same exact role that Alshon's playing right now. And they got Zach Ertz, and they got Dallas Goddard, another big body in the red zone. And there's a lot of people fighting for a lot of large body tar- targets right there. There's four guys that are just massive red zone targets. And uh, it's going to take them a little time, but man, do I love this pick. And I guess it kind of didn't really matter. This might as well have been the 2-1, because with the following pick, Axel on the turn took Debo Samuel. Now, this guy is just a quality quality receiver i mean honestly the guy is he's 5'11 214 he's almost built like a running back baby he runs great routes he's very physical he's very shifty and he's going to be the the main vein of the passing uh down's work for uh san francisco um he's gonna take a back seat this year 
but eventually he will be the number one. He's just too darn talented. I'm sorry. And I know everyone's super hyped up right now on Dante Pettis, but this guy is just better than Dante Pettis. The only thing Dante Pettis is better than any than him and anyone else on the team on is returns, and we don't get yardage and catches for that. So how often does that really help you? But man, I love those I love those back-to-back picks between uh, Debo and JJ. They give them some real good power down the road uh, with the receiving cores. And it was definitely something that um, was needed with AJ Green kind of taking a turn for the worse already. And basically, Devontae Adams and Sterling Shepard being the only real one-two punches on his team. So good job grabbing the depth of the receiver. Uh, coming back to G again, he went with Andy Isabella falling for that, that uh, Cardinals hype on picking Isabella earlier. Uh, he's a good receiver. He's fast, uh, great measurables, but he's he's a little guy. He's very slight framed, and I think he's going to fill um, more the John Brownish style player, but not in a Arians air raid offense. So I don't know what the focus is on the smaller, faster guy, especially when you have a guy who's a good like what six inches taller than him that's almost as fast as him. Um, I mean, and as of right now, my goodness, the camp Braves haven't been good for him or the one we're going to be talking about in a minute, but, uh, not a horrible pick. Uh, I don't know if I would have gone that route here. Um, but you definitely needed the, uh, the receiver help as far as, um, only having Hopkins and Hilton, and I guess, uh, yeah, you do have Cortland Sutton, the, the, the verdict is still out on him, but you definitely still needed to bolster. In fact, like most of the teams in this league, you needed to bolster up the receiver cores because, I'm sorry, your receivers all suck as an overall thing when you got to play at least five in a season on a regular rotation, if not seven. Uh, moving on, the head scratchers ball continued with Justin as he followed up his DK Metcalf hype with the Hollywood Brown hype, picking up a receiver who is coming off an injury that doesn't even know if he's going to be ready for the beginning of the season, and like Isabella is a very little and slight guy, even more so actually, only weighing 166 pounds. This is the kind of guy that, like, my goodness, you, you think about these NFL players, even the guys that are, like, the same height as me. I'm only 5'8", 5'9"-ish. 5'8", let's be honest. I ain't trying to fool anyone here. But the fact is, I outweigh this kid, and I think I could take him in a fight. Man, is he trim? Yeah, that's fine. But, like, usually these NFL guys, man, I could be the same height as someone, but he'll probably kick my ass. This guy is, like, a walking matchstick. You could just snap him by pressing down with your thumb. I mean, it's ridiculous. And he's on a horrible offense right now. I'm sorry, if you think or if anyone thinks that Lamar Jackson is going to continue being that quarterback after year three, man, you're crazy. They need to draft someone else again. 
The only way that he's still a quarterback after next year is somehow miraculously changing his throwing mechanics and becoming a good passer, which, although has happened once or twice, the vast majority of quarterbacks can't do it. It's just never going to happen. You're an athlete and a slender one at that. And Marquise Brown is the same exact thing, man. He is just going to—I don't care if he's related to one of the greatest receivers in the game now— he is just gonna get demolished. It's gonna be—he's gonna—he's gonna get a pass over the middle. So unless he's running a a nine route and just going straight up the field, he's gonna catch something over the middle one time and die. And I'm pretty sure last we checked, we don't have die points. Anyways, moving on, we get to Dougie's second round pick at two four, and we got Meat Cole Hardman. Oh man. I, I don't understand this guy at all. I don't understand what the Chiefs were thinking when they traded up for him over Paris Campbell. And that's with a lack of film on, like, stretch plays and, like, real routes with Paris Campbell. But my goodness, man. Mecole Hardman, they did not have to trade up for him. Hell, they probably didn't even have to take him that round instead of what have gotten him. And it was a calculated thing they did, but you know what? My calculations worked out better. Tyreek Hill's back, and he is here to stay, boys. Yeah, he might end up getting traded at some point, but he will get a contract, and I think the Chiefs would be smart to sign him to a long-term contract for cheaper than they would have gotten him before because they ain't going to be able to... They, they're not going to be able to afford $20 million a year with him and come around to uh, Mahomes, uh, Kermit Mahomes' contract in a couple of years and keep both of them for very long past that point so this might have been a blessing in disguise they might be able to get him for like the the 16 to 17 million dollar a year range and put him in a long-term contract that just has a lot of language in it that says if he screws up in any way shape or form they're not on the hook for anything and he can be cut um so the me hardman it was a, a gamble taking him that early it didn't work out for you. Sorry, bud. Uh, next up, we had the one of the Twat brothers taking Daryl Henderson with the 2.5. Now, this one was a little bit of a head-scratcher because although Henderson belonged in the second round, he belonged in the second round to the, to the Todd Gurley owner, and the Todd Gurley owner did not take him in the second round. He took Andy Isabella. Sorry. Um, yeah, it was just a little questionable taking this guy here this early. There's still, uh, I mean, if you wanted running backs like Justice Hill, Devin Singletary, that would be more useful to you as a player than probably Daryl Henderson. Although now there is talks that Daryl Henderson is going to be the Chris Thompson of the team while Gurley is healthy. Gurley's such a good pass catching back, and this offense is predicated on not being able to cover anyone, where I just don't buy that. Um, basically, you can't double team Cooks, Cup, Woods, Gurley. Uh, Gurley is one of the best running backs in the league, and he does not face that heavy of boxes. It's because this whole team is spread out pretty equally and well across the board. And you take Gurley off the field so you can run Chris Thompson guy. Then they play more to the pass. They don't load up on slow uh, linebackers. And they play more nickel and dime defenses. 
Um, I, I don't view it hurting, and it slows down the pace of the Rams, which is a huge thing, is tiring out players with extended long drives. Uh, I'm not buying it so much that it's going to be quite that, but apparently he's going to be involved. So, uh, yeah, pretty much that's how it goes. Uh, next up, we had Freezy Pop taking Hakeem Butler. Now, I loved Hakeem Butler coming out. I thought he went to a great opportunity, even though he wasn't the first receiver taken by that team. Went a full two rounds after, in fact. But that being said, he is a fantastic, measurable receiver. A little raw, little issue with the drops and uh, some things he could work on, but time to develop behind Larry Fitzgerald. And my goodness, uh, the camp reports have not been kind so far. Him, Isabella and him have been running behind other rookies that were, I believe, undrafted or drafted much later. And uh, it puts a little, little just uh, ugliness to the pick. But I do love the pick in the second round. I think that's fantastic value. He was definitely the, white, the right wide receiver to go at that point. And uh, you really needed it. I mean, Robert Woods and... That's it. That's your whole receiving core prior to this is Robert Woods, Quincy Nunwa, Will Fuller, Geronimo. Oh, Mike Williams. Sorry. I did not see the Mike Williams one. And uh, it looks like you also got Keyshawn Johnson. Cover yourself, which is the guy. Uh, that must have been a free agent pickup because I was thinking about picking him up and I did not. But uh, good pick. You're kind of covering your bases with Keyshawn Johnson then. And moving on, the old, uh, I honestly forgot who had this team. But at the 2-7, uh, after taking Miles Sanders, bit uh, the Drew, oh, you know what, it's Brian's team. He just doesn't have a name on here for some reason. Uh, I mean, we all expected it. Brian had to take a quarterback early. Drew Locke, that was a terrible pick, but Brian just can't help himself. Um, I'm of the firm belief, I'm not really sure Drew Locke is going to be uh, the future starter after a season or two. I think he might be another, um, God, what's that guy? The Don Quixote looking guy, uh, Paxton Lynch. Uh, I think he's going to be a whole nother Paxton Lynch for them. He's going to just stink it up. Uh, it's a big reason why I picked up... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Ripen behind him. Not that I'm a big Ripen believer, but Flacco's not going to play forever. And if Ripen can steal the job away, I truly believe that Elway and the team will do that. Uh, so next up, we start off uh, what was Clay's tight end early love, as always, with the big Noah Fant pick. Um, not my favorite tight end of the league. I actually think he's going to suffer a little bit this year. Um, he's not quite as impressive as I think, but uh, or as people seem to think. But, I mean, you're not really expecting much from a rookie tight end. And from what I understood, the team had a pretty decent tight end uh, clip anyways. I'm not really sure where the... Uh, players are from the team because i'm trying to look at the app right now sorry i'm just kind of pontificating a little bit but uh two of the teams are just missing owners in here and i'm not really sure why and their entire teams are missing on it 
Uh, it's probably some backlash of the multiverse when uh, all the weird, weird stuff happened. Anyways, <coughs> excuse me. Moving on. Next up was yours truly taking the Justice Hill challenge. Now, I'm not the biggest believer in Justice, <coughs> Justice Hill getting a huge workload, but I think he is going to be very involved in the passing down work, especially following this year. Uh, this year they might ease him in a little bit, and he's quite talented. And I believe in the opportunity after the fact that Mark Ingram is no longer taking PEDs, and he's going to be just whatever. Um, not really much to say on it. Needed the running backs. Another great pick by me, of course. <laughs> uh, anyways, next up, we had Drew v. Drew with Devin Singletary at the 210. Uh, this was a lot earlier than I thought Devin go would go. He definitely jumped up compared to our other Dynasty League's draft. I think he went in like the third or late third round, and now he's late second round. But uh, it's been a big kind of news storm is uh, TJ Yeldon has not been mentioned in Buffalo camp at all, and it's very surprising. I really don't understand what's going on there. Um, I, I'm not reading too much into it. I don't think Devin Singletary is going to be a huge workload guy, but I think he is going to be the early downs work. Uh, I think there's a real good chance they might actually move Shady while they still can. Because basically, if they don't move him this year, they're getting nothing for him. They just let him run out the contract, and they have a real mishmash, uh, way too many running backs kind of set up there. So I could really see them moving Shady for anything they can this year, and that would open up a lot of opportunity for Devin Singletary as an early down work guy. And then I still believe Yeldon is the, the man to really handle the passing down work if that were to happen. Uh, moving on, back to the 211, back to one of the Blawat, am I saying that right? Blawat brothers. Uh, Miles Boykin, a better receiver out of the two taken by the Ravens, but pretty much exactly the same thing you said. He's got Lamar Jackson. They're going to run more than anyone in the league, and I would not be surprised if the leading receiver was the tight end. And I would not be surprised if the leading receiver couldn't even top 70 catches, um, which would actually be pretty good for a tight end. But, I mean, honestly, there's no one that's going to even remotely sniff that. In fact, they're probably going to be closer to 60 catches, and it's just going to be brutal and ugly. But hopefully they get you a quarterback that can really utilize what Miles Boykin can do. I mean, the kid's 6'4", 220. He's fast. Uh, he's super strong, and he's been shining in Ravens camp. So I do like the pick just a little too early because I'm more of a win-now kind of idea man. But uh, I know that kind of contradicts with what I was trying to do in the draft. But, I mean... You guys couldn't even let me do that. My team is so amazing when I was trying not to be the top dog this year. So we'll see how that works out. Coming back, we had uh, Jeremy up next. Old Toby Flender himself, Flenderson himself with back-to-back -back picks. Taking Damian Harris and Deontay Johnson. Oh, man, I love me some Deontay Johnson. You want to know how much I love Deontay Johnson? 
I mind tricked everyone, and I mean everyone passing up because I didn't have a third round pick, and I would have taken them in the second round of our other dynasty draft. But I had people like our Sega Whiteside that I took, and just I mean I dominated that draft, but. I got him in the fourth round, and I don't even mean like early fourth. I mean mid-late fourth. It's crazy. I don't know what you people are are smoking or sleeping on. And it's not that he's the greatest guy ever, and it's not that he has the absolute best chance of being the number two in Pittsburgh. But the fact is, Pittsburgh knows what they're doing with wide receivers, and you people are sleeping on him. This fool should have gone at the beginning of the second in this draft. I'm sorry. I would, I honestly, like, he's got to go ahead of DK Metcalf. He's got to go ahead of Andy Isabella. Um, Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, he's got to go ahead of Andy Isabella. Ahead of Marquise Brown, ahead of Michael Hardman, Hakeem Butler, I'd keep ahead of him. I think he should have been, like, the seventh receiver off the board, honestly. It's crazy to me that he fell that far. And as far as Damian Harris, um, I like him. I don't think that he is going to be quite what people think he is. I think people are sleeping on Sony Michelle this year, worried about the injury because Todd Gurley and all these other things. Uh, but the fact is, Jeremy already owns Sony Michelle. He's just playing himself safe and hoping to have the one-two punch for New England after this year or the next year when James White's gone. So I don't hate the pick there. I think it's just a fine pick. Um, yeah. Anyways, next up, the Blowat came back with Bryce Love. Now, this was a little bit early on Bryce Love just because of injury, but my goodness, if this dude was healthy, he would be... It, it, would, it would be an honest question between Jacob Sanders and him as the best running back in the class, and he probably is the best running back in the class if he was healthy, but he's not, and there's a lot of questions to whether he'll actually come back well, um, I love the pick. I think he's a he's a fantastic uh, running back. I think that he will help you very well, and I think he fits in perfectly with your injury riddled running back uh, motif. Considering you have uh, Marlon Mack, Dalvin Cook, Jarek McKinnon, and Rex Burkhead, and now him. My goodness, the only healthy running back you have is Duke Johnson, and they don't even want him on the team. Oh, uh, I do love the pick, though. I, I'm sorry, I got to mock you a little bit, but uh, that is a fantastic pick. Oh, hey, Bruce. The pups came in, so that's that clickety-clack if he's annoying, y'all. Anyways, uh, next up, we had Bruce Anderson. The reach of the draft, my goodness, that was way too freaking early. Uh, it's not that there's a bunch of running backs that were taken after him that were better picks. There were only maybe one or two. Um, but it's the fact that at that point, there were still quality tight ends, quality receivers, and a couple of uh, dark throws at quarterback that I would take before a undrafted running back and it was all based on opportunity um sorry peyton barber is trash ronald jones the trash is trash um 
I see the opportunity, but I also see there's a good chance that Tampa maybe trades for one of Cleveland's running backs this year. And if not, they go ahead and draft a higher-end running back next year. Uh, unless some, some crazy thing happens, I just don't see Bruce Anderson really get an opportunity. And I think that was a waste of a third-round pick. What wasn't a waste of a third-round pick was at the... 3.4 old Terry McLaren was taken Lee was taken you have chosen wisely that's right folks I have chosen wisely I know I've chosen wisely because well frankly one Terry McLaren is the better receiver on Washington uh, out of the two uh, I know there's talk on Kelvin Harmon being awesome and this and that. And I do like Kelvin Harmon, but I'm sorry. Terry McLaren is fast. He's played with Dwayne Haskins before. What do you need to know other than that? And the fact is, he's not some slight fast guy. He's six foot, 208. He's not tiny. He's not massive, but he is going to fit into this system well, and he is going to ball it out once they start going maybe next year. Who knows? I don't need them right now because I have so many amazing receivers, it's not even funny. And the other reason I know he was a fantastic pick is, among others, Brian himself and a few others have tried to get Terry McLaren from me already. Ain't gonna happen, boys. Sorry. Unless you want to bring some hot, hot fire. Like Dylon, 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 and Dylon. You're not gonna get this guy. So... So sorry, so sad. Up next at the 3.5 was the uh, team owner formerly known as Clay taking another early tight end and probably his favorite as far as I remember, Jace Sternberger. Mmm, Sternberger. That's right, Jace Sternberger going at the 3.5. Now he's a little raw. He's a little slight, and he's basically just a receiver. 6'4", 251 ain't nothing to shake boots at, but uh, there is some concerns out of him coming out of A&M, uh, other, other than the fact that he can't block worth a shit. But, uh, I mean, it's a good offense, and all he really needs to do is break uh, Jimmy Graham's kneecap that still remains, uh, and... He should be good to go on that. We'll see how it shakes out. It's definitely going to be a couple of years before we see anything really relevant out of him. But I think it was a decently fine pick. It's just, man, how many tight ends do you need? But that was always one of Clay's things, was he always tried to hoard tight ends so he could trade them later and uh, hit on some of them. So good for him. Next up, we have Brian's love interest, Alexander Madison. Now, this is the second draft that Brian has taken Alexander Madison. And by all accounts, that's a good pick. You know who that really would have been a great pick for? Was, I don't know, maybe the Blawat kid who took Bryce Love before him and owns Dalvin Cook? Yeah, that might have been a better pick, hmm, now that I think about it. And I'm pretty sure, who has Darius Geis? I think it might be Brian. I don't know, it's hard to see on these damn things. Anyways, they could probably just swap and be happy, but I know Brian loves Madison a lot, and there are question marks about 
uh, Dalvin Cook's health and whether they keep him past his fifth-year option. I think he was a first-round, maybe a second-round pick. So maybe after year four, they might not keep him. Anyways, moving along, got to get through these a little quick. The next couple of picks were... We're going to start doing them in groups where Irv Smith Jr., Dexter Williams, Jalen Hurd. Those three. Let's see, that went to Freezy Pop, the other Blawatt, and Dougie B. All right, so Irv Smith Jr., love him. But then uh, you had the re-signing of Kyle Rudolph, so don't love him as much anymore. Uh, He's definitely someone I'm way down on, and he definitely wasn't worth the third-round pick. But that didn't happen until after the draft, so... Can't really fault you on that. Uh, Dexter Williams, man, I didn't think much of this draft pick early on, or I didn't really care about it that much. But, man, this Blawatt, this twat has a knack for just taking people behind people that don't want to play. He is getting a lot of first-team reps right now because Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are injured, and good on him. Maybe it'll work out for him. Maybe he might carve into... uh, Jamal Williams' role and be that one-two punch, change of pace back. Who freaking knows? I don't know what is going on over there in uh, Green Bay. I'm pretty sure it's not going to go that well, actually, this year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is kind of a prick. Uh, Green Bay kind of sucks. And LaFleur was not good in Tennessee, so I don't know why he got a... uh, a head coaching job with a better team afterwards and then or I guess maybe not a better team a more historic team with a better egotistical quarterback and then uh yeah I, I just I think this team's gonna be a little bit of a hot mess this year especially going up against the Vikings and the Bears and then Darwin Thompson uh I mean that's a good dart throw Casey's a great opportunity um I think the free agent of Darrell Williams that I picked up has a much better opportunity if uh, Damian Williams screws the pooch, but Darwin Thompson, can't really blame me on that. Uh, finishing out the third round, we had Benny Snell Jr. going to G and Kelvin Harmon to Axel, just bolstering his receiving core with these big, strong receivers. Uh, Kelvin Harmon, he's going to be good in the future, not now. Uh, Benny Snell, Benny Snail is just a slow turd and a warm body that I don't know why they really needed him, but they picked him up. Next up at the fourth round, we had Josh Oliver, Wyquell Armstead, Dawson Knox, and Riley Ridley go to Axel G. Justin and Dougie. Uh, Josh Oliver and is a great developmental talent. Uh, hopefully he develops while Foles is there or after they get a competent quarterback to succeed Foles. Um, but I'm really excited to see what he turns into, but he is definitely raw like my later pick at tight end. Uh, Ryquel Armstead, man, that was a good sneaky pick there. I, you kind of screwed it with Snail a little bit, but man... Uh, he's a quality, strong running back, um, 5'11", 220, and he's got a turd of a human being ahead of him. Not that he's a horrible person, but man, it is just not clicking. It is just not clicking over there with uh, Fournette, and I can honestly see Armstead maybe get an opportunity. Uh, Dawson Knox, I think he's fantastic. I think if Josh Allen takes a step as a passer, then 
he's going to be something real special. But until then, who knows? And Riley Ridley, he's slow. He's not nearly as good as his brother. And I could give a crap less about the number five option for Mitch Trubisky. Uh, moving on, we had starting with the um, bro, Mike Weber, Will Greer, Jarrett Stidham, and Preston Williams. Uh, Mike Weber, warm body behind Zeke, who might hold out half the season. Who knows? I think Zeke would be kind of an idiot to hold out because they have like two more years and yeah, they got two more years with the fifth year option on him. It's not quite what Melvin Gordon's going through. And I think that he is really going to hurt a team wanting to give him a good deal after next season. Uh, once they pick the fifth year option up, I think he could maybe play this game next year, but to do it this year is stupid. So Mike Weber might get some move or some looks, who knows? Uh, Will Greer, uh, he may actually be the heir apparent to um, Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton is going to have to rely on his arm, and <clears throat> that has not been a good thing, especially since uh, he injured it last year. But who knows, maybe they put a different quarterback's arm on him in surgery, and he, re re he continues his career. But if not, Will Greer is waiting for him, and I think Will Greer's got some talent. Jarrett Stidham, that was legitimately just Brian not being able to pass on a quarterback. And he doesn't give two craps about him because he's already tried to pawn him off on me. Preston Williams, he's an interesting one. Uh, until they have a stronger quality quarterback after Fitzpatrick, basically Rosen needs to develop or they need to draft someone. Until then, he's going to be someone that could maybe have a failed career just because of timing. Uh, he's not going to be able to do anything this year, uh, barring some injury. <coughs> and by the time that he does get a real look, he might just have a turd for, for a quarterback passing to him. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, finishing up the fourth round, we had Kahel Waring, Elise Mack, Travis Homer, and Rodney Anderson. Um don't really care, don't really care, don't really care. Cahill Waring's the only person out of these four that I actually have any kind of, like, give of whatever about. Uh, he's a beast. He just needs development. It's going to take some time. Uh, tied to a good quarterback, though. Uh, as far as Homer, I think he's a local, I think he's a local kid around Seattle area, but uh, he could work... He could work out. Um, they're really great at taking late-round running backs, making something out of them, and then apparently following it up with the first-round running back, which was stupid. Rodney Anderson. Uh, I was a little more excited if he went to a better home, but can't really care about him behind uh, Joe Mixon at all on a team that's just not going to be good. Uh, we're going to drive through just to finish out this episode. So in the fifth round... Uh, Elijah Holyfield, don't care. Caleb Wilson, don't care. Manuel Hall, don't care. James Williams, man, I cared about that until Casey cut him just out of nowhere. Uh, Ozigbo, he might actually be something. Uh, if the Latavius Murray thing doesn't work out, Ozigbo has a chance, and that could work out well for the Saints and for his fantasy value. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Hunter Renfro, don't care. He's slow. Tony Pollard, 
Um, really surprised. I think he was drafted higher than Mike Weber, if I remember correctly, and I don't know why he went after Mike Weber in this draft, but whatever. Uh, but really, don't care. Travion Williams, don't care. Uh, he could get some work behind uh, Mixon in the passing game, but not really. Uh, Ryan Finley, I mean, if Dalton just explodes, Finley might be a warm body that you have for a season or two before they draft another quarterback. Uh, so, not a bad dart throw at 5'9". Quadri Olsen, um, he's big, he's slow, and him and Ito Smith are going to split that crap hole. Kara Higdon, don't care. Jordan Scarlett, don't care. Trayvon Wesco, don't care. Miles Gaskin, don't really care. Foster Moreau, there's a chance he could develop, but probably not. Don't care. Alex Barnes, uh, don't really care much except for the opportunity. Um, if he can jump up to the number three guy on that depth chart behind Deion Lewis, uh, he's a little bit bigger and faster, and Derrick Henry is uh, not doing well on the health issue. There could be a scenario where he is like an RB4 to 5 for you, where you can start him in a bye week. Uh, maybe trade bait or something, but other than that, uh, Scott Miller I liked, but man, you can't really get excited about the third receiver on a team that you haven't seen the offense in. Uh, anyone named Lil Jordan, even on three, don't give a crap. Gary Jennings, uh, he might end up being a more relevant receiver for Seattle than uh, the first round in this draft pick, DK Metcalf. He is also big. He is also... Fast, although not as fast, but he is a much better receiver. Bruce, no. Hey, you don't need to growl at the cat outside, all right? Sorry about that, folks. Oh, he's an animal. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Domero, I don't even know how to say his name, Crockett, don't care. Darius Slayton now. He's one just because uh, he's big, he's fast, he's more that large-bodied receiver. He could emerge in Giants, but I don't see it happening this year. He's definitely a developmental guy. Gardner Minshew, don't care, don't care. The last pick, though, Mr. Irrelevant of this draft was a fantastic pick, and I, I hate to say it to Toby Flenderson, but my goodness, Stanley Morgan Jr., now that A.J. Green is dealing with injury stuff, was a fantastic pick at the end of the draft. I hope you held on to him still. I haven't looked. Um, and that's the draft. Overall, uh, I thought I, basically going down the, the line, Jeremy Thomas, pretty good rounds with the, uh, although I would have traded out at the first pick. Uh, Kyler Murray, Love that pick. Deontay Johnson, love that pick. Stanley Morgan Jr., love that pick. Damian Harris was an all right pick. Uh, the first Twat brother, uh, Haskins, good pick, kind of made for you, and that was it. I thought you screwed up with the Bryce Love pick, but whatever. Uh, third up, Daniel Jones. Had to do it because he didn't have a quarterback. Thank you, by the way, because I loved that pick being the job Josh Jacobs recipient. Uh, Devin Singletary was a pretty good pick, and other than that, couldn't give a crap. For me, uh, loved the Josh Jacobs pick. I was okay with the Justice Hill. I uh, wasn't that excited about it, but uh, Terry McLaren I was really happy about, and Cahale Waring. Um, I was only happy in the sense that I should have gotten him later, but you guys went a little tight end happy thanks to Clay.
Um, I loved the Nikhil Harry pick, the following pick for Clay, uh, now not Clay. But uh, it's not looking that great right now, out of reports in camp. <laughs> I'm sure he'll put it together at some point, but this might be a lost year for Nikhil. Uh, Noah Fant, eh. Jay Sternberger, I like that one a lot. Uh, and, you know, this is my personal opinion on Fant. It's totally fine and good pick where you got him at. Um, Preston Williams, I like him, but I don't think it's going to be much of anything. And Ezekbo, I like that pick. Uh, Brian, your, all your picks suck. <laughs> no, I actually uh, really like the Miles Sanders pick. Um, it was good. It, it was impressive. It's just he's already hurt, and I don't know if this year he's going to work out for you, but overall I think you're going to end up being real happy with that pick. <coughs> Excuse me, man. I'm just dry throat right now. Uh, coming back, Freezy Pop, you had a fantastic one until that – that signing, man, with uh, with Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Montgomery, not that he's the best running back, but the opportunity getting him at the 1-7, that's fine. Hakeem Butler in the second, great. Irv Smith was great until that. And then Greer, I like that pick of Greer. Uh, I was actually eyeballing him coming to me, which had never happened, but um, especially since you don't have... Uh, Newton, I would actually probably target a trading off Will Greer and capitalizing on perceived value rather than hoping. Uh, Paris Campbell, I like, but it was a little early. Daryl Henderson, um, I, I didn't get it. In fact, I, I didn't really get any of them other than Dexter Williams might work out for you. Um, Dougie B, after the TJ Hawkinson pick, just the rest was crap, didn't care. Uh, Justin, crap. Uh, Dawson Knox was a good pick. Darwin Thompson might be an okay pick, but man, DK and Marquise, come on. Uh, G, okay with the first two picks on your receivers. Uh, like the Red Quell, that's about it. And Axel coming in with a pretty stout uh, draft. I liked it with JJ, with Debo, with Calvin Harmon, and the end of the third, Josh Oliver. I mean, that was, that was pretty solid first four rounds. Uh, overall, I'm not going to give any of you grades because I honestly don't care. My throat's dry. And I was trying to rush in this episode for you ungrateful bastards. And there it is. So I will come back with a... Uh, preview of the season basically team grades and then we're going to be coming back with the other family of uh, Atlanta uh, Foot Clan League family uh, podcasts throughout the season and uh, we're looking forward to it tonight is the Hall of Fame game I'm not going to watch it because no one should watch it but I'm excited and I hope you're excited for football to be back so uh can't wait for this season. Good luck to none of you. And as always, Goonies never say die.
Yeah, that's all, folks. <laughs>